We were ready. <laughs> okay. We'll start off with the nugget. Are you ready? Disrespect is a thief that steals. Disrespect is a thief that steals your blessings. That's a lot of a lot to think about. What type of do you have any disrespect? It will steal your blessings. Especially for those that uh, that you work with or that are over you, and you have uh, well, we won't get there. <laughs> My feeling is, if if we don't come blunt, come out blunt and share it, nobody else is going to. So go for it. You may as well. Because any disrespect towards anybody, uh, if it's your employer or fellow worker, uh, it's going to rob you. Even those above you in the ministry, even those that maybe your pastors or those that we've placed in certain depart as certain department heads. You know, if you have disrespect, you need to go and talk to them or talk to us and get it dealt with. If it doesn't work out with them, then the two of you need to come and talk to us. There's a, God has a plan and a purpose on how to do things, and we need to do it according to His word and according to His ways. Amen? Wow, what a nugget. Amen. Disrespect will steal your blessings. And, you know, you can disrespect your mate on different things, you know? Little tiny things that start out in your first part of marriage that really bug you. You gotta get rid of that stuff. Anything, you gotta get rid of it. Always think, I'm not gonna let this thing keep me from, from going to heaven. Amen? Continuing on, disrespect. You have the leads to unforgiveness. And you know what unforgiveness does? It keeps you out of heaven. Oh! Yes, it does. If you not don't forgive, how can your heavenly Father forgive you? So that, that that's a pretty heavy nugget. Okay, well, let's go on to what we're going to study instead of get off yeah, the nugget so because Hallelujah. It's, you're supposed to think on the nugget yourself. Okay, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks as we look to your word. We're asking that your Holy Spirit once again rise up within us, Father God. Open our eyes of our understanding that our hearts might, might receive, Father God, 
the purity of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, we've been looking at wisdom. Uh, and we use the scripture of James chapter 1, verse 5. It talks about uh, if you lack wisdom, ask of God. And then we looked at uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 1. And wisdom builds a house and it has seven pillars. Amen. Glory to God. And someone give me pillar number one. Meekness. Somebody else. I don't know what the same person is answering. Pillar number two. Truth. Pillar number three. Love. Okay, no more from you. <laughs> pillar number four. Purity. All right. Number five. You said it twice. Caught him. <laughs> Pillar number six. Am I allowed to speak? We are going to look at number six. I'm just wondering if anybody found it. Okay. Pillar number six. We will locate it in... First Corinthians, First Corinthians chapter four. First Corinthians chapter four, looking at verse two. We'll read it from first from the uh, King James. Moreover, it is required in stewards. So this is a requirement that all believers should have that a man be found faithful uh, from the revived standard uh, edition it says moreover it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy yeah. uh, from the amplified moreover it is essentially required of stewards that a man should be found faithful proving himself trust worthy of trust um, Phillips modern uh, uh, yeah. English, well, it's modern and English. its prime uh, and its prime request in a trustee that it, they should be found worthy of trust. Okay, now we're going to give you a definition of trustworthy. I like the, that Phillips where it says its prime, re, prime re, requisite is a trustee that should prove worthy of trust. Okay, definition of trustworthy, believable. Dependable, reliable, having confidence in, responsible, unimpeachable, steadfast, honest, unquestionable, Loyal and true, steady, a dependable person that can be counted upon with full confidence. A dependable person that can be counted upon with full confidence. That is your definition of trustworthy. Uh, possibly the most of, uh, most of all the pillars of wisdom that we've looked at this is the one, this one being trustworthy is what the world will observe more than any other one. Um, 
it focuses on the mechanics of your living. Are you trustworthy? Uh, so this principle or virtue of wisdom will have the greatest impact on those around us as we show it in our lives. Development of this virtue leads to a godly life cycle. This one here. Well, they all do, but this one, this one's seen more. Um, it is most important that trustworthy, to be trustworthy in our dealings with the world as with our brothers and sisters in the Lord, okay? Trust, being trustworthy is keeping your word. Hallelujah. So if you will turn with me to Psalms. Psalms chapter 15. We should be highlighting your Bible already, but uh, let's see. That's uh, Psalms 15. Looking at verse 4, we'll read the whole thing, but it's the latter part that we will uh, look at real close. That's Psalms 15, verse 4. In whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honors them that fear the Lord. Here it goes. He that sweareth to his own hurt and changes not. That's being trustworthy. Wow. Amen. Yet there are far too many Christians today... Uh, We fail the test of being trustworthy. It's Hello. Uh, why? Because we readjust our position to meet our personal needs, all too often leave, uh, leaving the opinion of, so what? Who cares? It's not my worry. It's true. Uh, your trustworthiness then is... Deception, and deception, the dece deception leads into lies and other falsehoods. So turn with me now to Colossians chapter 3. Can I share while you're turning there something that I found in people that are not trustworthy is their whole attitude on the thing is, well, they're not going to know anyway if I don't do it. God sees everything. And when we promise to do something or say we're going to do something, we need to do it. That's Colossians chapter 3. Praise you, Jesus. Are you trustworthy? Look what verse 9 says. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with its deeds. Wow. Again, trustworthy is keeping your word. So if you're not keeping your word, that means you're lying. And I think there's a couple of scriptures that says, all liars will go to hell. Wow. Being trustworthy is pretty, pretty evident. We have to Learn to bite our tongue or put a zip on our lip or something. Don't let words slip out, especially, you know. 
Like you promise something to somebody and you know you're not going to do it. Anybody ever do that? Boy, all of you are saints out there. I'm going to have to take points from you. You know, I'll be there. You don't have any intention of being there. You just want to get rid of them. I think the best boy, one on that. Boy, these guys got poker faces. You guys got to be. Yeah. I think the best one on that, that in our earlier years of ministry, we had a family that, so they could really get out of, get out of it. They'd say, well, if the Lord wills. Well, one day I got tired of it. And I said, if the Bible says something, then the Lord wills it. And they were new baby Christians, so I figured, you know. And it's true. If, you know, if the Lord wills it, well, he, he will, what he says in his word is what he wills. You know, I'll see you next, next week, if the Lord wills. And I'm like, okie doke, we're going to go through this. But I think one of the worst things on people that operate in lies and deception, when they get caught, they get angry. You ever notice that? They get an attitude. They get angry. And then you know they're caught. And they know they're caught, but they'll continue on with their anger. The best thing you can do is just zip it and walk away and say, God, you deal with it. It's the best thing you can do unless it's your child, and then you deal with it. If they're, you know, if they're your child, then you, you know, under eight. But anything else, just zip it and walk away. It's, there's no reason for you to become offended over it. I've learned this through all the years. You know, things that people do or say or whatever. It, would, it, it, could, it can pull you down and make you want to give up, but you can't allow yourself to become offended. You need to turn them over to Jesus or to the Father. As Jesus said, I don't want to turn here. I know it's not in our notes, but First Peter. This is the best way. When God showed me this, I'll never forget it. And I've had to do this. And he does deal with it. We do the way he says to do things. He deals with it. That means you get out of the way and you let God mess with them. In First um, Peter chapter one, it says, um, one or two. Chapter one. Okay, it says. Hang on, I think it's in chapter two. Okay, I'm sorry, it's in chapter two. Verse 21. For even this were you called, it is inseparable for your vocation. For Christ also suffered for you, leaving you his personal example, so that you should follow in his footsteps. He was guilty of no sin, neither was deceit, guile ever found on his lips. When he was reviled or insulted, and to be lied at to me is an insult, okay? He did not revile or offer insult in return. When he was abused and suffered, he made no threats of vengeance, but he trusted himself and everything to him who judges fairly. 
And that's the best way to do it. That is the biblical way to do it. It says Jesus himself left his personal example to us. Just turn the whole situation and them over to God who judges fairly. And there's been times when I've had to say that, okay? Enough is enough. We're just going to, I'm talking about Pastor and I years ago. We're just going to turn this over to God and he will judge fairly and he's going to show who's right and who's wrong and that's it. Why bother, right? No sense fighting over it. God will deal with it. If I'm wrong, then I'm going to get dealt with. If he's wrong, then he's going to get dealt with. So you need to learn how to do this. Amen? Go ahead, sweetie. Okay, again, trustworthiness is keeping the word. Now, there may be times when it's physically impossible to uh, fulfill your commitment. Oh, but that good. should be the exception, not the norm. You know, like somebody's dying or something. Or, you know, your car gets a flat tire, you run out of, I mean, you know, you actually did these things, and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't set up to break, break your vow. So glory to God. Now, the opposite of trustworthy can be found in, uh, let's go to Proverbs chapter 6. And looking at verse 19, it says, A false witness that speaks lies, that, or deceit, that is not trustworthy. Okay. It's true. We had a pastor friend years ago that he'd always say, well, I'm, I'll, be, I'll do this or I'll do that, and wouldn't. And he couldn't understand why his congregation was not faithful in what they'd say they would do. Well, you, when you sow seeds of things, you're going to get it back. You know, the Bible says if we judge, we're going to be judged doubly. And so when we th sow seeds out there, those seeds are going to come back to us. So think about that in your workplace or at home or whatever. Okay. Now in Proverbs chapter 12, we'll continue on with this uh, deceitfulness, or the opposite of uh, trustworthy. Verse 17, it says, He that speaketh truth showeth forth his righteousness. Glory to God. But a false witness deceit. Wow. From the Amplified, He who breathes out truth shows forth righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with God. But a false witness utters deceit. Okay. Um, a good area where trustworthiness, you should find trustworthiness, but you don't find trustworthiness is in the cults. They start off with the truth, but all of a sudden they start to bend it. They, uh, they deal with God's words, yet they twist it in such a way, such a way that uh, uh, they lead, what's how the Lord said it, the blind lead the blind into a ditch. Well, these people um, are going the wrong direction, and they're leading many. A lot of the cults today are growing. And Christianity is uh, being hit real hard around the world. Christians are being crucified, murdered, uh, martyred, uh, maimed, injured, 
by all, all different well, right now, Islam is attacking Christianity heavily. And, uh, and it's wrong. They say they have a God. Their God is, they're trying to, well, there's some Christians are, they're marrying Islam and, and, and Islam together. That, that's Chrislam. And there's churches that are springing up even in the United States. And they're proud to put on their billboard, Chrislam is taught here. It's a false. It's deceit, and it's going to lead them to all liars go. Amen. Okay. They deceive people into believing all sorts of phony things. One thing when you are dealing with the cults, um, I want to tell you because I had the I studied with one of them. I studied with the JWs, and then my ex-husband's family were Mormons. They will all say, Jesus is the Son of God. But when you ask them, is he God, they will say no. So a lot of people will come back from there and think, well, you know, he's, they said he's the Son of God. They'll all say he's the Son of God, but they don't believe he's God. And that's where you have to be real careful when you're soul winning. You have to really understand where they're coming from, you know, because... They don't believe he's God. They don't believe he's deity. Okay, baby. Okay, First Timothy, First Timothy chapter four this time. First Timothy chapter four, uh, we will look at uh, verses one and two and from the King James first. Now the spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron from the Amplified. But the Holy Spirit distinctly and expressly declares that in the latter time some will run away from the faith, giving attention to deluding and seducing spirits and doctrines that demons teach through hypocrisy and pretensions of lies, liars whose conscience are seared or cauterized. So uh, we are living in the last days. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Uh, all signs are pointing to Jesus' return. Um, Israel is fighting for its, quote, life, but we know they will be victorious, but you don't want such injuries to happen to Israel. Um, the word is true. We're seeing God's word come to pass in our generation. There's no other generation. You know, when, when I was younger, back in the 60s, when I got first born again, um, the lady that uh, led me to the Lord says, the Lord's going to come at any time. The Lord, when, you know, everybody believed it, but a lot of things had not come to pass yet. We, they didn't quite understand where the time clock was. I mean, they saw certain things, you know, world wars and rumors of wars, but the things that were happening in Israel were not taking place that uh, quickly. They're happening that quickly in Israel today. And uh, the signs and the start. You know, there's going to be another meteor uh, show in uh, a few weeks or a few days. What is it? Remember, did you pick it up? I, I, I can look it up. I don't. Yeah. I hope we have clear skies. I want to see that one. Yeah, we missed the other one. But uh, we are living in the last generation. We need to get ready. 
Amen. Um, to walk in wisdom, we must be trustworthy. Glory to God. We must be on fire for God to escape what the world is ready to drown in. Because mm -hmm. if we're not hot for God, if, we're, if you're cold, he says you're not going to make it. And if you're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out. So that's just as bad as being cold. So we need to get hot. Some of it, like, like I said, Wednesday night, uh, I talked about being hot, and we're like, I use ourselves like a, a lot of Christians are tar pots. If you know anything about tar pots, when it's cold, you can't move it. When it's warm, you still can't move it. But when it's hot, you can move that tar all the way, or any place you want. And most Christians today, I would say, are in phase one and two cold or barely moving and you get we've got to be hot so if you're fe if you're not feeling hot get a fire lit under you you know it's amazing people will blame other people that they're not there it's amazing to me well it's my pastor's fault or no it's not you cannot blame another person for where you are. I've heard people say that to me. You can't. You've got, you've got the Bible. You have the Holy Ghost. It's up to, to each one of us. Or it's my wife's fault or, or whoever. My kids, whatever, you know. My kids want to do this, and I don't have enough guts to tell them not to, so it's their fault that I'm not following God. That, that is not going to hit it when you stand before Jesus. I'm serious. It's not going to hit it's not going to hit it. I personally would not want to be a man because they are responsible for their homes and they will stand before God and give an account. I, you know, or you know, a single woman is then put in that place that has children. But we will give an account for for our live pastor and I are going to give an account for you guys. So thank you for behaving. Appreciate it. Amen. Okay, we need to be trustworthy. Keep our word. Glory to God. To walk in wisdom, we must be trustworthy in every area and phase of our life. You are only as good as your word. It's true. Being trustworthy takes discipline. A lot of it. <laughs> I think when you in the military, I, I believe it was, John, you might remember, or even Paul might remember, what was basic training? Six weeks or eight weeks? Eight weeks. So they discipline you. I mean, that's all you heard. I mean, you learn real quick. If not, you stayed in basic training until you got, got it right. You had to learn the basics. But as Christians, 
you get born again and we're doing doing our own thing we need to get those if you get someone born again you need to train them up pray that they come alive get them into church because they're floundering out there so we need to get some of us need to get retrained again that's why we need to get hot amen glory to God there are lessons we need to learn from the Word of God. There's places in the Word of God we need to learn. What you sow is what someday you will reap. Amen. Um, we're going to look at someone that was trustworthy. So let's go to all the way back to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 39. Anybody remember who was in the 39th chapter of Genesis without looking at it? Right at the end of the book. So who was, who was it talking about at the end of the book of Genesis? He went to Egypt. He was forced to go to Egypt. He went to prison. Anybody? Now? Joseph. Okay. Genesis 39, verses, uh, well, we'll just start with verse uh, 1. And Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and, and Potiphar, and an officer of Pharaoh's captain of the guard, and the Egyptian brought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, and they brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and the master. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. And Joseph found grace in his sight, and served him, and made him overseer over all the house, and all that he had put his hand. Wow, glory to God. So we see here, being trustworthy, even if you were thrown in the jail, and you, they find, the jailer finds out that you are trustworthy they'll put you in a position amen well let's continue uh, let's go to uh, verse 20 and Joseph master took him and put him into the prison well, well there, there's some bad news there and 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 the where the king and the prisoners were bound and he was there in prison but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison and the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph all the hands of the prisoners. And whatsoever he did there, he was the doer of it. So again, even if, if lies and accusations came against him and he was thrown into prison, he just floated back up to the top because he was found to be trustworthy. So if you, if you are behind the eight ball, if you're trustworthy, you're going to rise. You'll float yeah. back up to the top. It might take a little while, but stay there. Stay trustworthy. Amen. Don't be deceitful. Go to Genesis chapter 41. Verse 39. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, For as much as God has shown thee, thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise as thou art. 
Thou shalt be over my house, and according to, unto thy word shall all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than thou. In other words, he said, Joseph, you're taking over everything. You're trustworthy. The only place you don't get to sit down is at my throne. I'm going to be the figurehead, but you're going to be the brains. That's kind of how God is. Amen. Well, that's how God works. I'm not putting him with Pharaoh, but God is the figurehead. And he's given us the control to go out and do it. You need to really think about that. This is an example of how God up operates through his children, where he puts us, Jesus said, you are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so he already conquered, and then he turned it over to us and gave it to us to fulfill on this earth, to finish it out. Let's put it that way. Being trustworthy brings favor and honor. So keep your word in anything you do. Joseph was fa favored by his father and was found to be trustworthy. He was favored by Potiphar and he was found to be trustworthy. He was favored by the prison uh, warden and he was found to be trustworthy. He was found to be trustworthy with the Pharaoh of Egypt. Glory to God. Let's look at what happens here. Being trustworthy is being truthful versus being a talebearer. Being trustworthy is being level-headed versus being a liar. Being trustworthy is stable and steady, not being absent-minded. Being trustworthy is being dependable versus being swayed, double-minded, or deceitful. Glory to God. Claim to be trustworthy. Begin to speak to be trustworthy. Hallelujah. This is the, the sixth pillar of wisdom. Let your light shine. What is a pillar? <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. <laughs> a pillar is what? It, it's, it's something that stands erect and holds things up. Amen. Glory to God. You have to be a pillar. You are a pillar. Where they put up? Where they put lights? On the ground? Usually, got, I mean, if, unless you're doing landscape stuff, you put it on the ground to shine up. But I mean... Your, your lights are always high. You can see they're on a pillar looking down, shining. People are going to know who you are when you're trustworthy. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I want to play this song. I'm hoping they'll be able to. I need your mic. My mic? Turn mm -hmm. yours off then. I'm hoping they'll be able to hear this song. This song to me is extreme.
sound come out? Back here. Right there, right? Alkidev. I want you to listen. This is a powerful song. Don't you see, he did 
prepare for communion, he walked on the water. He made the blind to see. And he raised the dead. Thank you, Jesus. I'm asking Pastor to sing it on either Christmas or Easter. He almost choked when I asked him. I'll try. Powerful song. You never know when someone's going to sit next to you on an airplane. Like Pastor told me, you talk to everybody. Well, yeah, I'm out there to get them born again. That's that's what our job is. Hallelujah. When you get up in the morning, the devil should go, oh no. Oh no. They're coming. That person's coming to destroy the work I plan on doing today. Hallelujah. Go ahead with the communion scriptures. What a privilege. Okay, if I can have those that are Going to help me with the communion come forward. Thank Praise you. you, Jesus. Again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, Paul writes, what he received from the Lord. Beginning with verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when he had supped, saying, This cup is a New Testament in my blood. This do as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Glory to God. For as ye off as ye off as ye eat this bread and drink the cup, ye do show forth the Lord's death till he come. Glory to God. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man or woman examine themselves, and let them eat that bread and drink of that cup. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So if uh, you'll come forward at this time. These emblems that we hold our hands. represent the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's anxious to have a communion again. Waiting for the family to come up. Waiting for the father to say it's time for them. We have to be ready. 
as we read, we need to examine ourselves. For the time is near. So Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We humbly come before you to receive this community. We ask, Lord, that as we receive this bread, the bread that represents Jesus' body, beaten and bruised, that we might have perfect health. So, Father, we receive this bread in Jesus' name. As we look to the cup, it's Jesus' testimony of a new covenant that those that receive him by his blood are washed of all sins. We've been adopted into the family of God. So, Father, we thank you for the blood that cleanses and removes sin. In Jesus' name. Let's all stand. It's a time of rejoicing. A redemption draweth nigh. Glory to God. You know, this might be the last communion we have. Well, pretty close. I think he's going to come on... on those feast days. We believe that. If he came on, if he hit it on the first feast days, there's nothing keeping him from getting on the next feast days. That means we've got a few days to get on fire, get boiling hot. I have the calendars. I've tried to, maybe we'll order a bunch for everybody handsome. We'll uh, find out what they cost and get them. Everybody can start looking at the calendar, start speaking Hebrew. You know, you got to change your language. My wife looked at me like, well, Jesus was a Hebrew. Why, why would he want, want to speak English? Well... You have a perfect mind of Christ, you'll be able to change. <laughs>
Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that your word is true, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that we can fulfill this pillar of trustworthiness in our lives. We thank you, Lord, that as we go our separate ways, Father God, we are blessed coming in and blessed going out. I thank you, Lord, that we will be found faithful stewards to your word. Grant it to us now. Give us the boldness, the tenacity, and the love to go forth in Jesus' name. Amen.